Welcome to Fragmented, an Android developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better Android developers. I'm Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. So, Kaushik, the other day we were talking on Slack and you had said um, that you had some issues with uh, Gradle and Groovy and that uh, it was probably your favorite language ever. Is that right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's exactly how the conversation went. So in a previous episode, we actually gave our listeners like a whole bunch of tips and tricks. And one of the tricks that I mentioned was about automating our release process. And I mentioned that I used Ruby to write this script. And then a listener basically shamed me asking, hey, isn't this exactly the kind of things that Gradle and Groovy was meant for? Uh, so thank you, Ashray. I mean, honestly, I'm just more comfortable in Ruby. So I wrote the script that way. But the truth is, I don't know squat about Groovy or Gradle. So I thought we should just get someone who really knows this uh, language well. And Don, it appears you know someone. I do. Uh, and that someone is Anise Davis. Anise, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So Anise, for the any of the listeners that are out there that may have not have heard your name before, can you give us some background on who you are, where you're from, and maybe some of the background experience that you have with Android? Sure. So I'm an Android Google developer expert, and um, I've been working in the tech industry for over a decade now. Mostly I've been focused on um, Java like APIs and enterprise applications. Um, but for about the past five years, I've been strictly focused on Android development. I'm from the United States and near the capital, Washington, D.C., um, and pretty much been around here my whole life. The most about me and like I love Android and I love you know going to conferences and speaking about um, how we can do things better um, in the Android ecosystem. So now you worked at the Washington Post. That's correct, right? Yeah. So um, I actually worked there for almost seven years. Um, oh, wow. And oh, wow. Only now recently <laughs> doing something different. I'm not sure if listeners have uh, heard about this movie. It's called Spotlight. It's one of the best movies that I've uh, seen in some time. And I'll j I just love the whole energy and the dynamic that goes there in the movie. Uh, is your life as exciting or at least like, <laughs> you know, this, is, this is not as like fair a comparison, but secretly I'm just hoping that uh, like when you worked at the Washington Post, every day you guys were like doing some amazing like firefighting and stuff. Was it as exciting as that? I think maybe the newsroom has the most excitement um, okay. <laughs> from the tech side. You know, okay. we're more so just trying to focus on making things work um, and we were pushing a lot of um, boundaries as far as like how innovative you can be inside of a tech company, um, especially one that still has legacy products like, um, you know, paper, newspaper and um, things like that. Right, right, right. And the Washington Post actually had like, I mean, even their website, you can see some of these news media outlets, they've been doing a really good job with trying to sort of evolve and at least like the applications that they have out. The other thing that I'm really excited about is uh, I remember both Don and I were sitting in uh, DroidCon NYC and we were listening to your talk. And you mentioned this word that to this day makes me seem like very smart, although I didn't know anything before I listened to your talk. And this is cyclomatic complexity. What? Yeah. <laughs> I just like It's one of those words that just saying that makes you sound extremely smart. Uh, 
although that wasn't the case with me i tried it but uh, <laughs> when you <laughs> said it on stage it sounded like oh my god my mind was blown this is like the most interesting thing that i've heard <laughs> i think it's the alliteration people love it right <laughs> <laughs> so if listeners want to know what that is you should go and listen to anisa's talk that was an amazing talk yeah awesome plug thanks <laughs> <laughs> Now you're not at um, at the Washington Post anymore, if I remember correctly. You're you're at a new company, I believe it's Off Grid Electric. Is that is that correct? Yes, that's right. Can you explain what Off Grid is and and what you're doing for them? I assume it's Android based, right? Yeah. So Off Grid Electric is a social startup, and their mission is to help power homes in rural Africa with um, solar energy. So. Um, Yeah, it's just an awesome goal, and I'm really excited to be part of such a passionate team. And my primary focus is on helping to sort of evolve the existing Android applications and um, bring them to the material world and sort of start incorporating the um, best-of-breed practices um, that we're so familiar with now in Android applications like MVP and using dagger for dependency injection um, and things like that. Very cool. So you also work with a, another Android GDE, which also happens to be a previous guest of ours, uh, Corey, Corey Ladislaw. So if you are listening to listeners, if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with Corey, check out her episode here on Fragmented. I think it's episode number 13. It was on testing, right, Don? Uh, yeah, I think it was. It was on testing. Yeah, TDD and testing was the exact topic yeah. name of that. So that was a really good episode as well. Corey's amazing. Yeah, we're like a power team now. It's it's pretty awesome. She's definitely one of the um, major reasons why I decided to join Off Grid. Fantastic. All right. So uh, before we actually start with uh, Gradle and Groovy and talking about some of the basics, I just want to point out Anise has on Casper.io some amazing set of videos, and this is the first. Like, this is when I actually uh, came to know about the amazing stuff you've been pushing out for uh, Gradle. So we'll add a link in the show notes to that. And uh, I highly recommend everyone watch those videos. I'm guessing, Don, you probably have seen these as well. Yeah, I have seen them. They are awesome. And uh, to tell you the truth, they're getting a ton of views on Caster. So uh, they are very popular with the community. Fantastic. So uh, Anis, you seem to have like a really good grasp on Gradle. So can you uh, give us some background on just Gradle in general? And uh... Sure. Yeah. So... Um... Gradle, obviously, you know, is the new build system in Android as of the past, um, I want to say like three years now, um, I think we've been on Gradle. And the thing that's amazing about Gradle is that it's very flexible and it prefers convention over configuration. So if you just have a very simple Android application um, and you create it in Android Studio, there's very little that you have to do in order to have your app run, in order to have tests, and have uh, debug and release variations of it. So it's just extremely powerful um, and very easy um, to extend if you need additional capabilities. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, But Gradle actually isn't meant just for Android, though, right? It isn't the build system that was built basically just for Android. You can write your regular Java projects in Gradle as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Gradle has been around for a while. It's only now that um, Google decided to choose it for Android development. 
And um, just for the listeners, if they haven't been in the Android community for a while, we used to have Ant. And, um, oh, good times. <laughs> I don't know if you remember those days, but... <laughs> Nightmares? What? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was just like XML craziness. And you had to do all of these workarounds to achieve something um, that you can just write beautifully inside of your build at Gradle file now. So um, I was definitely extremely excited when I found out that we were going to be using Gradle. I think one of the big things that I think that I've noticed is this, how it's enabled, you know, well, we had Maven before for dependency management, but I think it's just been a little bit easier with Gradle, in my opinion. Uh, and so that's been a real nice plus as well. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned XML, right? So one of the biggest problems with XML is it's not a programming language, which makes it more difficult to do some of these minor variations that you want to plug in here and there. And Gradle is written Groovy, which is a programming language. So that was like one of the big advantages, right? With just uh, having a build system written in like a programming language that you can just like, dive in and start hopping into. Are there any other advantages with uh, using Gradle that you've seen? Um, I'd say one huge advantage is that you can have these different variations of your application um, done so quickly with the product flavors. I know in the past, if I needed to say, for instance, have a free and a paid version of my app, then I had to create a separate project that was a library project in Eclipse. Then, you know, so you were just sort of jumping through all of these hoops in order to just do the most basic thing. You just want to not have this for free and have it for paid. Um, and now it's extremely trivial to do those sort of things in Gradle. So now one of the biggest things that uh, that I noticed when I opened my new Android project, or I created a brand new Android project, uh, is, well, A, there's the Android view, which I can't stand, um, but it does happen <laughs> to seem some people like it. I don't. I default to the project structure. But regardless of what, what view I'm looking in, uh, I open up my Android project, and I have a lot of these like dot gradle files you know i'm opening up these project and and what do you know why we have so many different build dot gradle files in our application yeah for us it's a convenience factor because how gradle works they look at your android application as one big project and inside of that project there are sub projects or also known as modules. So I do think some of the confusion just comes from the duplicate naming of things. But the power is that there is the root build.gradle file, which is where you can put configuration options that are sort of um, universal to all of your modules. And then each one has its own build.gradle file in order to specify its particular um, dependencies and requirements. And so um, for simple applications, you know, it, it may be, you know, slightly overwhelming, but most people may have two or three modules in their Android app. And so having the different build that Gradle files is, is essential for that to work well. Totally right. And it goes back to the whole convention or configuration thing that you were mentioning, right? Just like plopping those into projects means it understands that that is like is, is this true or am I just like dreaming about this? Dreaming. If your directory has like a build or Gradle file, then it understands that folder to be like a module 
or like a sub application. Yes, it does. So I I just opened up my in in Don's favorite Android view. I've opened it up yes. uh, in Android Studio. I see wow, I see five build.gradle files. I also see the settings.gradle file. So where does that fit in? Because I've always had this problem like you mentioned. Now it makes more sense with each sub project has like a build.gradle. So uh makes it easy to comprehend. But where does the settings.gradle file fit in? Like, why do we need that? Why can't we just plug that into our build.gradle, right? Um, well, you need it because basically before Gradle would assemble all the projects together, it creates this settings object. And then it looks in your settings, that Gradle file, to find out, okay, what, what are going to be the sub-projects involved? Where are they located? Uh, so... What's nice about that is, for instance, let's say you're working on a sub-module, everyone's favorite thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can either sort of directly point to the sub-module. It can be in a completely different directory. Um, it just gives you more flexibility. Um, so for now, the default will just probably include only your app. Um, but as you add more modules, then those would also be included in the settings that Gradle file. Okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, Gradle's also, from what I've been able to realize, it seems like it's pretty e extensible. And I've noticed this in the Caster IO videos you've published. Can you shed some light on Gradle's plugin model and, and maybe what it is and, and how and why it's useful to developers? Um, sure. So by default, Gradle core just does very little. Um, so the majority of the useful features are added by plugins. And the plugins will include new tasks, um, new um, DSLs, or new conventions. So for instance, the Java plugin, that is what can allow you to have certain directories be recognized as source directories or oh. test directories. So that just doesn't come out of the box with Gradle. The plugins add that functionality for you. So Android also has a plugin that is basically what we use uh, for Android development, right? Yeah. So it's basically extends that and it will give you the special things that we need, like variants and you know, modifying things in the manifest file or the signing configs. So all of those things are um, unique to Android. Um, so that's why we would need our own Gradle plugin to handle that. Nice. And the good folks at in the tools team and the Android tools team, uh, they they work hard on like making this plugin more like efficient and like a whole bunch of the other features that we get. They try to like uh, use the Android Gradle plugin, which is also why I think Instant Run for like many of the features that came with Instant Run uh, were sort of like linked to the Android Gradle plugin that you were using, right? Yeah. So it's really, I mean, it's really nice, the power that we get um, by means of the plugin. If um, As soon as you remove the plugin and you just like check your Gradle task, you'll see you just like lost like 30 or 40 tasks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty cool. Like if you ever want to know what's going on, just start, you know, deleting things and see what happens. I think I saw this in your video. Basically, if you want to understand how it works, like I think you mentioned this, right? Just keep commenting some things out and then try to sync with Gradle and see what breaks. And then it automatically tells you what uh, what what that task or what that plugin is supposed to do. So there was a time when I think the Android, there, there were 
two Android plugins, right? There was the Android application and then there was this Android library plugin that you would add for sub modules. Right. Oh, wait, actually, so, that's, is that still there though? So you still have um, two different types of plugins that you can apply. So the Android application or the Android library plugin. And then there's other things like App Engine um, that Google added, or you could just have like a strictly Java um, and you could just apply the Java plugin if you don't have, you know, any Android things going on in a particular module. I um, mean, a lot of people actually like to do that for like common code and things like that. Android Studio just makes all of this easy. Like these days, I don't even remember what is done. I just like hit new and then boom, it just takes care <laughs> of everything. For this is amazing. Yeah, that refresh. is really nice. <laughs> just refresh your Gradle dependencies and you're good to go, right? Yeah, I know. I just hit that sync and boom, you're off to the races. <laughs> <laughs> now we hopped into plugins, uh, maybe, I guess, maybe too soon. I don't know, because there's also, you know, we have something in Gradle known as is tasks. So we can break down different operations that we want to perform inside of our, our build.gradle file into these various different tasks, which we kind of mentioned already. Can you explain what tasks are? Um, maybe do they relate to plugins or are they completely different or, or how does all this kind of work together with tasks and plugins and everything? So I like to think of task as just a small piece of work. So an example might be, you know, generate the Java doc um, or copy this file from here to there. So those are the tasks. And you can add tasks to a project without them being associated with the plugin. Oh, okay. Um, but how it works is for plugins, the majority of the time, they all incorporate their own custom tasks. So um, as I mentioned, the Android plugin has tasks for like device check, which would run your tests on an emulator or, you know, a real device. So it's all sort of connected together and each task can have its own dependencies on other tasks. And um, it's, it can get a little involved, um, but the main thing is it works. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's great. It's very flexible. Um, so that's the cool thing about um, the task structure in Gradle. Is there a certain order in which these tasks execute? Yeah. How, how is that determined? Do you know? So when Gradle is um, sort of in the initialization phase and getting ready to um, determine like which tasks to execute in which order, they use a DAG or directed acyclic graph. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Cyclomatic yeah, complexity DAG. Wow, we're getting uh, crazy today. <laughs> and he does have a background in computer science. So I think that... <laughs> That definitely plays that she's she's introducing <laughs> these terms and she's like, oh, you guys don't know about this. <laughs> I know, right? Well, you know, it sounds a lot fancier than it is really. <laughs> but basically what that means is you, let's say, for instance, you run a task build. OK, well, build depends on, you know, and then it just sort of goes down the ladder like that. So first you have to compile the Java classes. Okay, well, what does that depend on? So Gradle makes this graph and then it goes through step by step executing the task in order to achieve the goal. So that's sort of how it works and make sure that things um, happen in the appropriate order. Right. And I think in a previous episode on Dagger, we actually covered like how the the DAG works. So uh, for people like us who don't really, uh, who aren't at Anise's level, you should go back and listen <laughs> to that episode and then 
then you can start talking to Anish and be comfortable with this term. Yeah, just throw it around when someone annoys you. <laughs> <laughs> There's all these different state in different tasks that get executed during a a Gradle build. Um can I get my own tasks to run at every one of these stages in the build process? So, there are some listeners and callbacks available um for you that you can sort of tap into to run your task. Um and something that is the, the most common that I've seen anyway is first you can set up tasks to be created after Gradle has already evaluated the project so there's an after evaluate closure that's used um you can also say for instance um you're adding a static code analysis check maybe you want that to happen after the tests are run so you can say well my new task depends on the test task and then Gradle mm. will make sure it happens in the appropriate order So um there's a lot of flexibility with things like that. A typical example would be like when you mentioned the static analyzer uh tasks so there's like check style find bugs and like a whole bunch of those other things uh that you find. Can you control the flow of these tasks? But no, uh, you mentioned it only it would depend on the callback. So I don't think we can necessarily say okay this should happen and then that should happen and then this should not happen that isn't something that we can directly access we just do it by virtue of the callbacks that are exposed yeah you have callbacks and then you can also um like the more detailed you get into it you can say like only if this is the case run this task or you can also disable task so you do have a ton of flexibility and and that's why i really recommend people to look at the documentation on it um and just learn more because the gradle docs are actually very thorough and um have a lot of examples on how you can configure things android studio basically calls out to some task in gradle right or it runs uh one of gradle's tasks so do we know what task it runs exactly so whenever you just like sync your when you click that sync button it just sort of runs through initialization and configuration but it doesn't actually execute anything so it's kind of just getting your project ready um to go in case you are ready to run some task okay and when you hit the run button what task because uh, typically on command line i imagine it would be assemble debug and then something to like deploy it onto the device or like start my main activity right Is that essentially what the run button does on Android Studio? Yeah, but it also does the install. So it doesn't just assemble your APK, it also does the install. Right. right so right. that you can and then it'll launch your your main activity. So it kind of like helps you out by running a bunch of commands and and then launching the main activity. Right, right. That makes sense. In Android Studio, there's this small tab on the side that's called Gradle Console. Anytime something is happening in the background with gradle like uh, android studio actually just pipes all that output there so if you want to see the exact tasks that are running you can have a look there another little cool thing that i like to do if i'm not really sure what's going on or uh, i kind of need to take a deeper look into the gradle execution is i'll open up the terminal in android studio and then i'll ex- i'll issue the it might be you know Gradle W and then the Gradle wrapper and then I'll say assemble debug and maybe breaking for some reason and I can't see why I'll also add the like the dash i switch to uh increase the logging level which be careful it like emits a ton of information um or debug you know for even more uh, and then you can kind of see what's happening inside of of Gradle and it gives you a ton of information out as well 
Okay, cool. So one thing that I've also wanted to know is uh, th- there's this concept of a custom plugin. If you write your own plugin for some reason, for example, I imagine some of the folks at Twitter, like with Fabric, they have their own plugin and there are these other tools that you sort of add into your application. I imagine the mechanism that they do is using this thing called a custom plugin. Yeah, that's Android true. is like a custom plugin. And if you wanted to write your own custom plugin, then you can go forward with this. Can you walk us through the process of like how this is actually done? Like, what do we do to write a custom plugin? Sure. So typically, most plugins are written in Groovy. Um, and you have to have a main class that implements um, the plugin interface. And you only have to override one method override one method, apply. And so in there, that's where you can create any custom tasks that you want to happen. Um, and there's actually a really great um, tutorial online to just sort of walk you through step-by-step with pictures. Um, I also have a video on Caster um, that shows you how you can do it. And it's a really useful tool, especially if you have multiple applications and you want to have that same behavior in your build process in all of them. Nice. And I, I think I, it was in your video that I saw uh, this custom plugin that you write is because Groovy in many ways is like JVM sort of uh, is like a JVM language. It's very similar to just writing like a Java class, right? You literally have oh, a yeah. <laughs> class, the, the name of your plugin, and then you say implements plugin. And uh, this is where I saw I was like, oh, that looks familiar. So I again, I, I'm going to keep saying this throughout this whole episode. I highly recommend Anise's videos. It was surprising. I'm actually a little mad at Don that he didn't like point me to this earlier because Gradle has always been like this black magic territory for me. I just like look at Stack Overflow, copy paste some code, hit sync a couple of times, and somehow it just magically works. <laughs> <laughs> but then I saw your videos, and then I got even more angry because like Don. <laughs> I'm hiding it from you, Kaushik. I don't no. want you to know. <laughs> exactly. What's up with that? <laughs> Uh, no, I think there, there's something for new listeners and people who are just getting into Android. Uh, I, I'm not sure if we really covered this, but we have the Gradle file. And the Gradle file is actually, if you kind of look at it and you've never messed with it before, it kind of looks like JSON. You're like, oh, I guess this is JSON. But then sometimes I see the word class and implements and task and this weird stuff. Um, uh, Anise, is this... This is written in, in Groovy, right? Is that correct? A, a different JVM language? Yes. So Gradle is in Groovy. Um, and it's just, to me, it's like more awesome Java. You know, you don't have to have semicolons. You don't have to have parentheses until you need parentheses. I mean, so <laughs> uh, the dynamic nature of Groovy makes it very declarative, very easy to read. Um, but sometimes I think... Um, maybe you're just not sure about all the rules because sometimes something is okay and then other times the same thing doesn't work. Um, but it's really easy to get the bare minimum groovy that you need to be awesome and gradle. We'll add a, a link in the show notes to uh, where folks can kind of learn a little bit more about groovy so they can kind of understand the syntax more. So if you're interested and you want to learn more about the Groovy language, we could literally spend a couple of episodes on it alone, but we just don't have the time today. So I'll add a link in the show notes so you can check it out if you're interested. So just as you mentioned, uh, you have a class and that implements plugin. You can also do the same thing if you were interested in writing custom tasks, right? Yeah, definitely. So how does that work? Because 
I've seen like different uh, versions of this task being written. Like you can either write it as a class or you can actually, there is like a task declaration, right? Are they the same thing or uh, is it slightly different? No, so they are the same thing. And the main difference is you will want to have an official class if, as I mentioned, maybe this is something that you want to use across multiple Android applications. Ah, but ah, okay. if you're just going to have a simple task, you know, like generate the Java doc for my one uh, module, then you can just plop that right into um, your build Gradle file. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and one thing that I've actually wanted to do, uh, I remember initially, I, I once I started getting the hang of uh, Groovy and Gradle, and I had like these whole bunch of ideas for like adding things in uh, my build.gradle file. And I think you also touch on this in your videos. My build.gradle file basically just started like exploding because I had so much code in there. Right. And so it no longer looked as clean as as Android Studio would have generated a new file for me. And one requirement that I had was I wanted to just move like a whole bunch of these uh, tasks where there was like logic that was related to each other into an independent file like eventually after like a lot of vigorous stack overflowing <laughs> i found that there was <laughs> this way that you can do it and the way it's done is you you basically plop it into another dot gradle file and then you call apply from that gradle file and i saw that it's similar like for example if you want to add a plugin you say apply plugin and then the name of the plugin so if you want to apply another Gradle file to this existing script, then you just say apply from and then point to the name of that script. We'll add uh, snippets of this in the show notes. But can you talk a little about that? I mean, is that the right way to be doing it? Is like there something else that we can be doing? What's up with that kind of uh, convention? No, it's definitely the right way to do it. Um, and I have done something similar in the past as well. And also you notice a lot of um, open source libraries that publish um, out the um, AAR file to like different um, repositories of things. They will use the same thing. They'll do like apply from and they'll use a .gradle file to include all of the Maven push information. So it's a perfect way to encapsulate build logic without um, overwhelming your primary build that Gradle file. If listeners are interested, they can ping us and we can try to like point. I'm sure Instacart would be fine with us open sourcing some of these scripts. So we can <laughs> we can do like a whole bunch of things. And many of these are already available. So we can definitely point to a whole bunch of those. One quick question, Anis. Uh, is add if if you add more and more tasks to your Gradle file, does that does that uh, deteriorate the Gradle build time? I mean, does it make your Gradle build time worse? It definitely can. And the best tip I have for that is to use the dry run flag, so that you can use Gradle. Um, you can use like dash m and put whatever the task is, and then Gradle will sort of give you an estimate of how long it will take. Um, to do that particular task. And that helps you to see if, you know, your special, like, add Shaw, whatever, to my um, <laughs> APK name, if that's really slowing down the build process. So with with any Gradle tip, like, that is the best thing you can do. Profile it and do a dry run and see, like, what's really taking the time. Definitely. Some of the Biggest issues I've heard recently, well, I mean, I can't even say recently, but over the 
course of, of Gradle is just different ways to improve the the build time mm-hmm. with, with Gradle. Uh, and there's been various requests made to the Android team to speed up the build times. Um, so I think it's kind of nice that uh, if we kind of leave with them with some tips of maybe on how to improve the build time. So a tip that we have here is to enable the Gradle daemon. And what this basically does is keeps a VM running so each subsequent build is much faster. It doesn't have to fire up the you know the Gradle process and so forth over and over and over. Uh, and it does this, from what I understand, by caching the plugins and the various other components that, that Gradle's working with. Um, I think this is an option in Android Studio. Do you guys know where this is at in Android Studio? Because I happen to forget off the top of my head. I think it's in-process build. That's what it's called. So it's a little tricky because it's not called like the Gradle daemon precisely in Android Studio, but it's called in-process build. It's one of those things, you know, you set once and you forget where it's at forever, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Does using newer versions of Gradle matter? Like there was a point where we actually used 1.5, like for Mm -hmm. 1.8 for like our Gradle versions, right? I know they're constantly optimizing uh, the performance, but does using new newer versions of Gradle matter? Yeah, it definitely matters. And the odd part is um, by default, I think it puts you on Gradle 2.4. Um, so you definitely want to upgrade. <laughs> okay. I think we're at 2.12 um, as of this recording. So Oh, wow. Okay. Um, each time they have more and more optimizations and um, Google is actually working really closely with Gradle. So we definitely want to take advantage of it. And just to be clear, this is Gradle's version. We are not talking about the Android Gradle plugin. We're talking about core Gradle, right? Exactly, yes. Now, in your applications build.gradle file where we put our dependencies, uh, a lot of times you'll see library authors and so forth put a plus sign at the end of their dependency saying, hey, here's how you add the dependency. I'll add, you know, version 2.1.plus. And that basically plus sign is saying anything after this. Now, from my understanding, this slows down builds because Gradle will occasionally check, you know, of course, hit the internet to see if there is a new version. Now, there's multiple problems with this. A, it's going to slow down your build, um, from my understanding. Uh, but B, also, there's a, another problem with this is that it could possibly break your uh, your application if for some reason there's a breaking change in that version. Uh, so it's kind of recommended to use specific versions. So if it's 2.12.19, then use 2.12.19. Uh, is that something that you would agree with, um, Anise? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's happened to me, you know, <laughs> where I naively trusted, you know, the third-party developer and had a plus at the end and was burned. Um, but, you know, yes, you can work around it. There's like a offline flag if you just really don't want Gradle to keep checking for things. But um, the best process would be to use a specific um, version number. Right. And I think later versions of Android Studio, they also have this nice big lint warning saying, hey, you really should be using a specific version. And it's even better because you say, okay, use a specific version. It automatically finds out the current version of the library that you're using and it just plops it down there. So I'm not sure if this is in the stable version, but at least in the beta versions, it'll just directly plug in the exact version number for you. So it's Super easy to go through your whole Gradle script and change those dependencies. Yeah, it'll, it'll highlight them as, like, I think, a, uh, a different color inside the build.gradle file. And then if you want, you can either put your mouse over and do it, or you can just click on it and then Alt-Enter, and then it will just replace it for you, given one of the options, the pop-ups. Yep. 
the last thing is uh, using a modern version of Java, right? So if you use like JDK 1.8 for your VM compilation, that also plays a big part. Uh, at least I've been told this. Is that true? Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. Um, so if you're still on like 1.6 or 1.7 and you switch over to 1.8, you should notice like, I mean, we're talking about seconds here, but um, you should definitely notice some speed improvements. All right. There's the stock that came from Mattis Pink. In DroidCon Paris, he had like this talk about optimizing your build cradle time. It's a fantastic video. We'll add a link again to this in the show notes. A whole bunch of these tips that we have talked about, he breaks it down and he also points to exact figures on how much time it saved. And the flags that Anis was uh, mentioning, the pro, the dry run and the profile, he actually uh, calls out to these and he shows them on the slide. So I would highly recommend listeners listen to that because we touched some of the low-hanging fruit, some of the quick wins to sort of optimize your gradle time. But if you go through that video, he goes through in detail with a whole bunch of other tips that you can watch. Can you point us to some of the other talks you've given, Anis? I'm sure. So I have one on YouTube, um, Be a Good Citizen and Develop Maintainable Apps. Um, so that was actually my first conference talk at uh, Joycon New York. And so That was um, your first talk? Yeah, it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. Coming in like a pro right out of the gate. I know, like, boom, she enters the scene and then she, like, knocks everyone over. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I've given that talk. And then I've also given a talk um, on just custom Gradle plugins. But um, you can definitely um, get a more detailed view in the videos on um, caster.io. Perfect. Thank you so much, Anis. Like, it's been thank a pleasure you. talking to you. And just watching your videos are always so nice for me because you have such a pleasant tone. It makes me feel so smart. I'm like, this seems okay. This is like, you know, Anise has a very calm tone towards like her videos. So when she you does. watch it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think I got this. This is like, everything's in order. I go back and then I'm like, wait, what? This is way more complicated. But I sort of <laughs> understand that. So hats off to you being able to pull that off so well. Thank you. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way they can do that? Um, the best way is on Twitter. And I am at browngirldev. And I'll make sure um, that there's a link to it um, in the show notes. Perfect. Uh, Don, we also have one exciting announcement to make. We do. A very, very exciting announcement. So there's a, um, a guy who makes T-shirts for the Android community. And you're a very big fan. You actually have one. Uh, I, I'm late to the party on this one, actually. How many shirts have come out from this individual? Do you know? I don't. There, I think there are like four T-shirts that have come out, if I'm counting right. I have actually three of his uh, T-shirts. The problem is I missed the first one. And so uh, there's no way I can go back and get the first one. Yeah. So this is another GDE. He's a GDE in design and his name is Taylor Ling. Yes. And we are super excited because... Uh, we're working jointly with Taylor to release one of our T-shirts. Uh, we want to make sure that this T-shirt was like up to the bar of GDE standards. So we actually collaborated with Taylor. Uh, and yeah, we'll be releasing a fragmented T-shirt. This is a limited edition T-shirt that we're doing with him. And uh, we'll have different sizes and versions for everyone. So stay tuned. We'll add a link to that. By the time this episode goes out, hopefully we'll have a link already to share. But otherwise, stay tuned on... Uh, Twitter or the spec channels and we will let you know about the t-shirts. We are super excited about it. Definitely. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, Don, what's the best way they can do that? 
Uh, then get a hold of me on Twitter at Don Felker. That's with two N's or uh, my website at donfelker.com. Perfect. And if folks want to reach out to me, I am Kaushik Gopal uh, on Twitter. And my website is kaush.co. Thank you all for listening and we will catch you next week. Thank you.